Alright guys, so welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. And before we get into today's topics, I just wanted to say a really quick thank you to everyone who's continued to listen uh, and engage and whatnot over on social medias as well. Um, just because, yeah, ever since I had to step back after starting my new job and, you know, cut down the length of the podcast and then, uh, in turn, reduce the amount of content that I'm putting out on social media, I wasn't too sure on how it would be received, if the podcast would be too short, um, stuff like that, but everyone seems to still be hanging around and still engaging and, yeah, showing lots of love, so I really do appreciate it, um, and to thank you guys and to, you know, repay the faith, uh, and support over the last one and a bit years, there will be some um, improvements coming. I won't say too much until they get here, but it's all about making the experience better for you guys. Um, Just, yeah, thank everyone and... Yeah, we'll touch on that a bit later on, but yeah, just want to say thank you, get that out of the way, um, so I'm not taking up too much of you guys' time, so we'll just get straight into the stories for today. So, the first one we'll be having a look at is some new research which has determined that if everyone who visits South Africa paid a $36 line protection fee, we could potentially ban trophy hunting without taking the income away from rural African communities. The tiny Pacific Island nation of Niue is looking for organisations to sponsor part of its oceans so the country can start to conduct their own illegal fishing patrols and support local youth to go and learn about conservation. Then we'll have a look at some tradies from London who have swapped their highly polluting work vans for electric cargo bikes to get to their jobs 10 times faster and reduce their emissions. And finally, a popular golf course in the heart of Sydney is being cut in half and turned into a 50 acre public park to preserve green space before the housing density in the area skyrockets. And so, yeah, remember to keep sending through any good environmental news, innovations, or anything like that that you come across. And potentially even jobs, um, not for the podcast, but over on Instagram, I want to start posting job opportunities to my story just to give you guys as much value, um, you know, to keep looking at the story and that kind of thing. I want to put as much info up there. So I've started to put news articles that won't make the podcast. I'll put those up there. Um, And I also, yeah, want to put jobs just to, you know, put just to be a hub of good environmental news if people want to find uh, research opportunities, they want to find jobs, they want to hear about what's going on. Hopefully Fairly Lame can be, you know, the center of that or a big piece of that. Um, So yeah, not sure how built out it will be at the moment. I need to make a bit of a register, I think, but that's a story for another day. Let's just get into uh, today's good news for you guys, and we'll uh, we'll save that for another week. So yeah, like I said, the first story we're having a look at today is a story about how if every uh, tourist visiting South Africa pays a $36 line protection fee, we could potentially put an end to trophy hunting without taking livelihoods away from struggling African communities. So I'm sure most of us agree that trophy hunting is horrible. However, there is an argument to be made that the money from the practice could actually assist conservation by providing an income to rural villages, so a straight-up ban might do more harm than good. One alternative explored in a recent study was to introduce a line protection fee, which is only called that to try and put a face behind the initiative, as this one would actually be able to offset the money from all animals exploited by the practice, not only lions. The researchers surveyed just under 1,000 people from Africa and around the world who are either currently visiting or plan to visit South Africa and found over 80% of them to be in favour of the program. 
And based on their responses, the team came up with an idea of how it could all work, making sure that tourists from Southern African countries would be charged less than those coming from overseas. They proposed a fee of $6 for every day a tourist is in the country that's capped at six days, with visitors from neighboring nations only being charged $3 per day. And based on the number of tourists in those categories, this example could raise around $180 million per year, which would equal or potentially even exceed the total revenue from trophy hunting. And interestingly, research also suggests that the people who would be turned off by the fee could be offset by the amount that previously didn't want to visit the country due to the trophy hunting. Now our next story comes from a tiny nation in the Pacific that I can barely pronounce. I believe, according to Google, I think it's called Niue. It's spelt N-I-U-E. I could be wrong. Correct me down below. Uh, apologies um, who, uh, to anyone who's from there. But the nation is now looking for organizations to sponsor part of its ocean territory so they can fund climate adaptation projects and crack down on illegal fishing. So the way it would work is by getting companies or individuals to pay around $150 to protect one square kilometre of the reserve from threats such as illegal fishing and plastic waste for 20 years. The waters in the zone are said to hold valuable coral reefs, undersea mountains and a diverse array of marine life which is largely unexploited and with these funds hopefully it stays that way. As the island is tiny, its ocean territory is over 1,000 times the size of its landmass, and monitoring all that water by themselves is pretty much impossible, especially when you don't have a navy. At the moment, the country is reliant on nearby nations like Tonga and New Zealand to carry out surveillance missions, but they only happen a couple times per year. However, this program could help New UA start conducting their own. And on top of this, the money will also be used to update coastal management plans to help the island's villages adapt to climate change, as well as sponsor local youth so they can go and study conservation. Now, coming from someone whose first job was to deliver Domino's pizzas on an electric bike in the middle of Canberra winter, this next story definitely hits close to home, uh, as it's about some tradies over in London who are ditching their highly polluting work vans for electric cargo bikes to get to their customers 10 times faster and reduce their emissions. The company is called Manmade and they use these bikes to go around and complete household plumbing, electrical and carpentry jobs across southwest London in a fraction of the time. And despite the size limitations, as these guys aren't doing massive projects that require them to bring a heap of materials, they can easily transport everything they need for the day and even if they did forget something, they can quickly just nip back to the workshop. On top of the time savings, these are also so much cheaper to own than vans as they don't require petrol, aren't charged tolls, and the company even reckons they've saved almost $10,000 in avoided parking fines. And of course, the prevented greenhouse gases is also a massive win, and not only for the planet, but also for the tradesmen in light of London expanding its ultra-low emission zone to include the entire city. And quickly, for those who aren't aware, this zone aims to improve the city's air quality by charging drivers a daily fee if they enter the area in a car that doesn't meet the low emissions standards, and you'd assume that old tradie vans probably wouldn't. And finally, the last story on this week's episode is one that I think you guys will absolutely love. Not saying that you wouldn't love the other ones, but this one in particular, as it's about how a golf course in the heart of Sydney is being cut in half and turned into a 50-acre public park. So the reason behind the decision is that the amount of people living within a 2km radius of the course is expected to explode from 30,000 up to 80,000 by 2040 and all those apartment dwellers will need access to green spaces. The state's minister said that this definitely isn't them declaring a war on golf or anything like that. Instead, it's just because the land is so close to the centre of the city, it would bring the most value to the greatest amount of people if it were a park instead. 
He also went on to say that this is a recognition that as the government works to tackle the housing crisis by squeezing in more homes, public infrastructure like green spaces will be more important than ever. And the other massive benefit, besides getting an incredible new park to enjoy, is the decrease in water, herbicides, pesticides and fertilisers that would otherwise be required to maintain the course. I couldn't find any specific info on the amount of water that this one uses, but a different course just a 15 minutes drive away needs 292 million litres of it per year, and that's even after work was done to make it more efficient. But the conversion isn't happening until 2026, so golfers still have a while to enjoy the course, and it's not like they're completely getting kicked out, as nine holes and the driving range will remain on site. Alright guys, so that's all the good news I could squeeze into this week's episode. As always, let me know your thoughts down below uh, and keep sending over those good stories over on Instagram at fairly lame underscore. Um, but yeah, some big announcements. Oh, not, not massive announcements, but some uh, nice little updates. Yeah, just to make the experience a bit better coming in the next couple weeks. We'll keep you guys posted and uh, yeah, I think that's all we'll say on that for now. But anyway, hopefully you guys have a good rest of the day, drive to work, whatever the hell you're doing. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.